1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It is Britt here today, and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my amazing guest coming on. The guest I'm bringing on, Elaine Lou Cortez. She's an award-winning business and career coach for women of color and allies who value conscious conversations, intentional direction, and, a sustainable, and sustainable strategies for aligned team, career, business and life. She's also the host of the Color Your Dreams podcast. So welcome to the show, Elaine. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. How's it going?
2: Thanks for having me and Brittany. I appreciate it. Things are going well. Like I was telling you, we're recording this on a Friday. I just came back from the gym. I'm about to go shopping after this. so it's a good day.
1: No kidding. I love it. You have a, you know, that freedom of choice within your Fridays and it's, it's amazing. So, you know, I think this is a great time to take it back to a little bit of your journey as to how you got to where you are today. If you don't mind spending a few minutes, just telling us a little bit about your background.
2: Yeah. So what Brittany said earlier, I am now a business anchor coach for women of color and allies. Probably by the time this podcast hits, it will be my six year anniversary in my business. Prior to this, I used to be a former political grassroots organizer. So I was the one that would knock on doors, do phone calls to recruit volunteers to write, remind people to vote. And I lived throughout the state. So I'm originally from California, Southern California, but I lived in Iowa, Indiana, Montana, New Mexico, Massachusetts, all throughout the country, um, promoting, getting people to get out to vote. So my job was doing 400 phone calls a day, doing door knocking, t- like 10 door knocking an hour. So like old school marketing and messaging, I also learned rejection at an early age because when I graduated college, it was around the recession, like 2009, 2010. So LA girl moved to Des Moines, Iowa, which is a small, like a midtown, you know, Midwest city. And it was such a great experience and then from there i became a fundraiser working on political campaigns so traveling once a week to big cities it's from dc new york chicago and then i got into nonprofit fundraising so within 6 months i was able to raise 1.1 million dollars for 200 community college scholarships so Incredible. that experience of like the cold calls and knocking on doors and i'm a millennial and i'm in my mid 30s so That's kind of an unheard of for like this generation, but those experiences helped me create my business because in my business and career coaching um, business, 70% of my clients are still referrals and renewals. And about 30% people find me through Google SEO, LinkedIn, or Instagram, but majority of it is referrals and renewals. And a lot of the experience I have now. Um, that I've created in my business is because of my past experiences. So I help my clients understand like, Hey, I mean, automations and systems are great. I have all of that, but don't forget to treat a human as a human first. They're not robots and machines.
1: hundred percent. This is huge. Uh, and it's so true. You know, oftentimes we've obviously, you're actually, I was going to mention, if you're doing that many in, you know, renewals and stuff, clearly you're you're building a great foundation of a relationship, right? Um, If you want to talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, just so you know, my background prior, like I said, I was a fundraiser. So I was out to lunch and dinner with big donors, like the heirs of these big newspaper publishing companies that you would know of. Yeah. For big cities without giving it all away, or the founders of like groceries chain stores. And the unfortunate thing in the coaching world or business coaching world where we see like, okay, how do we convert them even faster? But in the fundraising world, I was taught you need to treat each human as if you're trying to get married with them because at the end, they you might be part of their will. So, for example, when I was working at a nonprofit, we had this retired teacher who passed away and left millions of dollars for Kamiya College because we were able to nurture that relationship for decades for them to donate that amount. I treat the same thing with with my own clients. So even, I still do my sales calls. Um, I really enjoy them because I'm working directly with my client. How I built my coaching business is I am the main coach, like in terms of strategy, but if my clients want more support in marketing, I have a strategist there to help support them with that. Or if they want more systems, project management, I also have an expert in that they're better in those fields. And then I am like overall strategy. So I connect with them. And then I actually, in the first sales calls, I mean, there's a lot of gurus that will tell you different things that you just need to figure out what's right for you. But I treat my sales call as if it's a coaching call. I'm very transparent in the call. I will treat you as if You're a client of mine. So you get a taste of my coaching. My intention is not to try to convert you. My intention is to show you who I am so you can make an aligned decision by the end of the call if you want to work with me or not. And if we don't need to do a follow-up call where you still have some more time to think about it, then that's fine. And the reason why I take time is because I am a high-end service. I am not cheap to work with, but that also relates to all of my client results that I have. For example, I have a client right now who is projected to make 800,000 for one service. And I was coaching her and she was having mindset blocks in terms of, oh, I could do everything myself. She already has a team of 20, but then she's hired another assistant and two more people to help her. And then realized by hiring those people and then working through her mindset blocks of how it's okay to let go of those things so you have more time, we figured out another second service that she could create so that she could generate 1.6 million in revenue for this year.
1: That is absolutely incredible. I love that. Everything that you're doing is incredible. And you mentioned you have high-end services. So you are, you know, you're not on that call trying to convert and push or anything like that. You are just providing them with the information they need to, to see if it's a good fit for themselves and for you. Right. So incredible. I love that. Now, do you mind running us through a little bit about how you went from, or how you teach others to realign their business or how you realigned your own business with your life you know um oftentimes we live our full-time jobs so we can create a business because of that freedom so if you want to tap into that and dive into that topic i think that would be great
2: i think every business owner has this experience i personally had it where you know we leave our jobs mind you i don't have the typical i hated my full-time job i had my dream job i had an incredible mentor Um, I was getting the salary, I wanted my own office, a great team, um, because I was working at a community college giving back, it was just so slow for me and I just realized it wasn't as aligned as I wanted it to be, and I wanted to just create my own thing. So I don't have the I hated my job, I loved my job, but I want to create something my own and also have more of that flexibility and freedom. Prior to that though, I had toxic work environments because I was working in political campaigns where it's very active. You're working 12 hour days, seven days a week, not getting paid well. Uh, Unfortunately, that's a type of environment. You're like, oh, you're in your young twenties. You're just gonna work till basically are burnt out. So I'm so grateful that I got out of it. And what was interesting building my business, it's like, great, I had freedom and choice, but then I I had no boundaries in place which a lot of people probably relate to. I did coaching calls on Saturday. One time I had a client, like, you know, I live in California, but in Australia and the time zone difference is so difficult where I was waking up at five in the morning to do 6 a.m. coaching calls. Um, I didn't even provide another. Not that the client wasn't willing to change things. I just was, you know, grab a basket, anything and everything. I'll do anything. Yeah, I'll just do everything. And then you create a monster. You're doing everything. when. And I realized, and this was actually back in 2020, I'm like, oh my God, I'm working so much because I, I started my business in 2017. It is 2023 when we're recording this. And prior to 2020, I used to do monthly in-person events. Then the pandemic hit. And because people saw all the pictures and videos of me doing these monthly events that I didn't even do, do ads on, people just came organically. I had like about 30, 50 people come in. Then... People saw those pictures, the pandemic hit. I started doing it virtually. And then that just increased where there was so much demand where I was doing free biweekly events. And that was my funnel, my client journey. People come to a free event and then they want to work with me. And it just burned me out. And then I started questioning things and playing with things. And that's what I would tell my own clients. Try things that are different. Just test it. Not say you're giving up on it. So I was like, you know what? I, I started feeling resentful because I'm like, I'm doing all this free labor, like doing these free events. I'm not saying that I was frustrated that everybody didn't convert. It was just, I was giving so much of myself time and energy. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do these biweekly or monthly events. Let me take it back a notch. Let me do it every other month. Like, okay. And then I was like, let me try it once a quarter. And I was like, okay. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And I was even realizing, I don't want, I'm just being transparent. I don't want to do free monthly events because it's attracting the type of customer who just wants free things. And if anything, I want to attract a customer who is willing to do the work. So I switched things around where I decided, let me have my own podcast because with a podcast, as you know, since you're a podcast host yourself, I'm just holding space for myself and the guests and that's it. When you're hosting event on zoom you're holding space for 30 or 50 people I'm sure it's virtual um but the way i host events it's not a talking head i actually love interacting with people um, mm-hmm. i make it very interactive so what i've decided is like let me scale back i'm putting air quotes in video for those of you that are not watching on video i'm like i'm just gonna do two, two retreats a year and I have been able to double my income. One and two, my profit margins have also doubled, which is more important. that's like another thing that people don't talk about. It's like, oh my God, look at this revenue. I'm like, okay, look at your profit margins. Like I had right. to also learn to look at my profit margins. And I would rather create less revenue and higher profit margins than high revenue and just nothing. Right. 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 where you're just breaking even. And when I started, I invested in like a lot of coaches and not that I don't believe in coaches. Obviously I'm a coach myself, but I invested in everything because like, Oh, law of attraction. I'm doing good work. Things are going to come back to me. Right. So I got into 55 K in debt. Thankfully I have an amazing boyfriend who's an accountant. He's like, you should probably look at your numbers. Like, I don't need to like, I'm doing good work. Like, I mean, obviously I still paid for things, but it was like minimum. And then I started with his help, like Created my own, I don't call it budget template. I call it the generational wealth template, where I started looking at my cash flow. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then I was able to get a loan where it was a lower interest, paid that off. Right. Um, and then I started really looking at my numbers. And I am intuitive and spiritual, I'm Ricky certified. And so to my spiritual and intuitive people that are listening. When it comes to numbers, it's a relationship, right? Money is a relationship, it doesn't define you. Just because you see X amount in your bank account, it doesn't define you, you could change it, right? So what I've learned is that your intuition will always know, like, I think my clients are coming from this. I think I'm spending too much on this. I don't think I should be paying for this. So what happens when you finally look at the data, you actually validate your intuition. So intuition and data could work together And what data provides is giving you the confidence to move forward. And then I just started making cuts. Like I used to create, I used to have teachables where I put my courses. I don't have teachables anymore. Where it's like thirty nine a month. In fact, all of the videos I have for my clients are on a Google Doc. Like you could say that's bare minimum. But the reality is, is I was looking at the data, and last time people entered my teachables. No one entered it in like a year. I'm like, why am I spending $39 a month when people are not looking at it? What my clients really wanted was coaching with me and are interacting with me um, and also my other coaches. So they weren't even watching the replays. I'm like, okay. And then in terms of resources and templates, I have that on a Google doc. It's like, okay, here are the frameworks and templates. And here's like a two minute video that you could watch that I recorded on BombBomb, which is similar to Lube. I just made things so simple saved costs that way. And then just ask myself those hard questions. One, is this profitable from a business? And two, and like profitable in terms of like profit margin, not just in terms of just getting revenue. Revenue. And two, Mm -hmm. is this directly helping my client? Those are two questions you need to ask yourself as a business owner. Um, Absolutely. And I I find like... (laughs) Oh, no,
1: I love it. I love everything you're saying, Elaine. And, you know, it's really relatable, everything you're talking about. You know, oftentimes so many of us entrepreneurs, we literally are like, oh, I need to try that. I need to try that. Oh, all these little shiny object syndrome, right? And then you really take a look at the numbers and it's like, OK, hold on. Let's, like you kind of said, scale back, figure out what we really need, what we don't need in order to really truly actually scale Of course. I'm doing the fingers, <laughs> you know, pick one or two things that are actually working for us. Right. And also another thing is high ticket offers. Like, you know, if you have a couple high ticket offers that are solid, you know, grand slam offers work with those instead of a million different offers. Right. And, and stop doing every little thing that you, you hear might work and really just Listen to yourself, take a minute and listen to yourself and see, okay, what get the data and then figure out, okay, what is actually working and just go with that, right? So, completely understand that. Now, what so when you did that, you were able to then work less and live more. Yeah. With a, a better profit margin. And of course, I'm sure you were making good revenue as well by doing that, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is May 19th, 2023, right? When we are recording this and I've already had six vacations. I'm going on my seventh this weekend. And then in July, I'll have my eighth trip of the year. And I'm going to Tanzania for two weeks, going to be hiking Kilimanjaro for five days and then doing a safari because of the great migration. It happens around that time as well as in November And obviously, because I will be out in the wild, I will have no cell service, no laptop, so I can't do work, which is great. But I have systems in place and my team in place to be there. Like, sure, I may not be the one coaching, but I'll be moving sessions around and I'll be bringing other experts who are better at certain things in business um, to help support my clients. And when you even do that, that also inspires your clients to be like, oh, Uh, thank you for just reminding me, or even today I had a call with a client and I, I, I just warned her. I'm like, I mean, my clients don't care anyways. I'm not that type of like, like I need to be glammed up for my coaching sessions, but I messaged my client. I'm, I'm coming back from the gym. I'm going to be in my gym clothes. So just know that warning you, And she's like, I don't care. I'm also coming from the gym but like, it's It's real. Yeah, (laughs) it is. And also, I mean, we are both women here, but you know, when it's day one or day two of my period, my cramps hurt like hell. So when I had my period last week, I actually rescheduled a coaching call and I was like, Hey, I really want to show up 100% for you, but I can't right now. We need to reschedule because of my period.
1: And honestly, I'm sure she appreciated it because for one, you probably could not give your all on that call had you shown up during those cramps and everything. And like, I'm sure she appreciated you, like letting her know, being honest and like rescheduling for a time that you could be like fully focused and not focused on these damn cramps that we get. Right. So I love that you can be honest with your clients as well, or that you choose to be.
2: Yeah. And what I said earlier, creating those boundaries, right. So that you're not creating a monster of machine. Mm -hmm. So I know we're recording this on a Friday, but that's because I'm going on vacation this weekend. And I went on vacation like just recently too, which is a great problem to have, but usually Tuesday, Thursdays are my call days. So Tuesday, Thursdays, coaching calls, and then I have some sales calls or collaboration calls. Mondays are my CEO days. So that's when I like look at my dashboard. So I, There's a really great book called The Prosperous Coach. And this book is not just for coaches, but it's also for business owners. And there's a Venn diagram, right? On one side, it's the, we all love creating our service and our product, right? We love delivering it. It's kind of like driving a car. We love driving our car by the ocean, by the mountains. It's beautiful, especially when there's no traffic. What we don't love when we're driving is I have a flat tire. I have to change it. Oh, I need to change the oil. Or if you drive a gas car, I need to put gas. We're, we're never excited about that stuff, but we need to do it in order to still drive our car. But similar in business, you need to look at your numbers, like looking at the dashboard of a car, you need to go look at that. So, what I'm trying to say is that you need to have a balance of both. So, on Mondays, I'm looking at my numbers. I'm not just saying bank account, I'm looking at my cash flow. I'm looking at, okay, what's converting, what's working. I'm also looking at my marketing numbers. So I look at my stats with emails, my open rates, my emails have increased by like 1000% because I've been able to look at what are the topics that are working. And I've also increased my click rate because I'm observing what are the things that are working. Like a simple thing of making sure your call to action is above the fold. Gifts work really well, because people love that engagement. And even on my social media, my LinkedIn and Instagram, What's interesting is when you look at your numbers, you get to see how each platform is different and what topics resonate with each platform. So that's the beauty of looking at your numbers. You're seeing what's working, what's not working. And when you could scale back, even in this, my own podcast, The Color Dreams podcast, I used to do my podcast weekly. I now do it bi-weekly because I was noticing how much time it was taking when. Yeah, and just the energy. So I do it bi-weekly. And that just works better for me. I mean, sure, I could get more downloads if I do it weekly or biweekly, like doing more, but doing more is not always a solution to get more clients.
1: It's not the answer. It's actually, yeah, not the answer at all, <laughs> you know, and it, it reminds me of, you know, one of the clients we work with, he was like, you know, I'm doing this and that, this and that, and I'm not getting ahead. And um, oh, sorry, he just started with us and he had mentioned he was doing all these things from, you know, six in the morning to six at night. And he's just not getting ahead and he's on the verge of burnout and whatnot. And we're like, okay, hold on. Um, basically the same thing you were talking about, like, have you set up your boundaries? Like, why don't you just focus on CEO stuff from like, when you wake up in the morning to 12 and don't take any sales calls until after that, like you really got to set up those boundaries to get ahead. Right. And like, stop doing stop doing things that you don't necessarily need to do because you can outsource someone who's better in that department than you to save you time and actually increase, you know, your revenue and everything else in the business. Um, And I wanted to ask you how you felt about, you know, when it came to outsourcing, was that release of control ever an issue for you? Because I know some of our listeners might be at that point where they're about to, you know, delegate or outsource. And I'm just curious to see what it was like for you. Was there a sense of Having to want to do it, have all the hats on in the business. And tell me what your thoughts are in regards to that.
2: So, I'm in my almost sixth year in business. And for those of you that don't know the stats, about 50% of businesses fail in the first five years. And I understand why burnout, cash flow, like completely get it, because I have been through all of that. And a lot of business owners know this book, but just in case you don't, for if you're listening, definitely read The Big, Big Leap. And it talks about, you hey, know, his of, yeah, Gary Hendricks, Zone of Genius, because you can't do anything and everything. I always love to give you the example of like an Olympic athlete. You don't see an Olympic athlete who does swimming, basketball, and yeah. gymnastics. Like, you're yeah. like, No Olympic athlete is doing all three. They're focused on one thing. Or like Michael Jordan, for example. Remember when he tried to play baseball? Like, no, he went back to basketball. He went back to his zone of genius, right? So you went into your business because you're really great at a thing. For Mm -hmm. me, I'm really great at coaching. I love coaching. I will still do coaching. Um, What I have delegated out was like, um, is the things I hate which is actually doing the bookkeeping and accounting. I don't like doing it. I've delegated that, thank God. And you know what it cost me by not delegating it sooner? I was audited. I owed $8,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you save money by hiring people to get things right. Um, I remember when I was going through this really difficult situation where someone actually wanted to sue me and it was like, okay, let me just give the money. I was like in my, like, first year of business. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it. And then thank God, like I said, I have, I had my dream job, my dream boss. Mm -hmm. So my ex-boss at the time, really great mentor. I told her the situation and she was like, you're not going to give her that money. Like if you're going to give her any money, you need to go get a lawyer. I'm like, I don't want to spend money on a lawyer. She's like, no, they're bullying you because you're this baby entrepreneur. Go get a Mm -hmm. lawyer. So I spent Mm like a thousand dollars for a contract sent an email to them. I was like, Hey, I've CC'd my lawyer. As soon as I said, CC'd my lawyer, their tone changed. They're like, right. Oh, we did not mean, we didn't mean it. I'm like, Oh, this is what they mean. Like, but had you you like, imagine if you paid them that? Yeah. Well, I, I technically did pay, but like, it was also a way to respect myself mm-hmm. of, okay, this is what like, it was a great learning lesson. And also what I want to share if with anyone listening who's probably gone through this experience legally, I'm like, you're doing something right if someone wants to sue you or they try to take your stuff and want to copy and paste. So, and it's a good lesson and you should have yeah. a lawyer. So I have an incredible lawyer right now that I have on retainer per month. Not saying I have things that happen, but like to review contracts. Just and in case, so, right? Yeah, and more so in the beginning of my business, not now. But when I used to have difficult conversations, I happily cc'd my lawyer, their tone changed.
1: Good, honestly. And, you know, they backed <laughs> off and that was the best thing you could have done. I love that you did that. And it was I'm, because I'm sure even yourself, you felt like, oh, my gosh, what's about to happen? Like, thank goodness for your lawyer. Right. And then having your back. I, actually I wanna... hear about this quite often, not the exact same circumstance, but different things like that. Right. And you just
2: never know. It's kind of like, if you broke your leg, are you really going to try to figure out how to heal it by yourself? And if you don't heal it properly, you like, you probably can't even walk, right. Do the activities you want to do, unless you go to a doctor, a specialist, Mm -hmm. you know, to help you with that. There's a reason why even in the, (laughs) and medicine, there's specialists. Like, would I go see a cardiologist to help with my leg? No. I want to go Mm -hmm. see a podiatrist to help me with my leg. Right. Right. So, so learning to let go is hard because I've gone through it and I'm going to be vulnerable. Like, I mean, there was, you know, I come from a childhood where, where there was trauma. And usually when you're going through trauma, you want to control everything that you can. Mm -hmm. Right. So in business, it's very chaotic. You want to control everything, but the reality is, is you can't, right. And letting go and seeing, okay, what am I going to focus on? So for me, I love doing coaching, I love writing, but I don't love having to set it up on active campaign, testing it, making sure all the links work, that's delegated out, right? I don't love having to do like sending the welcome packet or the contract, that's also delegated out. Um, So even though, yes, I look at my numbers, but I am not the one that's inputting all the data into my QuickBooks, I look at the reports, I meet with my bookkeeper to look at my numbers, seeing if I'm hitting projections, if I'm hitting numbers um, in terms of profit margins. So I do work with experts. But what I will say, even going back to the numbers piece, because that tends to be very triggering for a lot of people, if you don't understand numbers, I'm not saying you fully delegate it out. So like I delegate it. Yes, I have my own bookkeeper, but I meet with my bookkeeper to understand my numbers and help me like explain things to me if i don't know
1: right it. to understand it better and also like the time it saves you and the issues that the mistakes that could be made because you have too many things going on like it's so worth delegating that
2: like i remember when i was 55k in debt i had this like oh my god i'm failing in my business and then i would meet with my bookkeeper um they're incredible it's with evolve finance they work with a lot of big names in the coaching industry um obviously they only work with us based um, businesses, but they're like, Elaine, a lot of businesses go in debt. I'm like, oh, okay. A hundred, hundred percent. Thank you for reminding me. The important thing is what are you going to do and how are you going to yeah. shift and what are you going to improve?
1: Where are you going to pivot? And honestly, I think we're our worst enemy sometimes. And we're really hard on ourselves when we need to just like take a step back and be like, okay this is where we're at, but this is where we want to go. And what is our plan to get there? And just like breathe. Right. Cause we are so hard on ourselves sometimes. And, um, you know, every success story comes with so many challenges that we often don't see. And if we could really just like, look at all these super, super, super successful people in the world and hear about their challenges, we'd probably be like, okay, mine is just like, not that big of a problem at all compared to this. Right. So just, Try not to be so um, critical to ourselves sometimes, right?
2: Well, another tip I'm not—it's not even strategy—is just a reminder, especially as we're getting out of the pandemic, is to get out there and meet with people in person. Right. Um, so in the U.S., the general surgeon here about a month ago announced that loneliness is the number one epidemic, and it's so bad that it's decreasing mortality by 30 percent and it's as if and it feels like for a human as if you're smoking 15 cigarettes a day because we've been able to like use a computer screen or our phone right getting addicted to scrolling on things and then when we think about all our problems we think we're the only ones that are going through it so I just want to encourage people to see people in person I'm not even saying like for business strategy but Seeing a friend you actually like or a family member you would enjoy spending time with is really important because you have to remember we are social human beings. So even for me, like I don't do my monthly events anymore. I really do my two retreats in person a year because I need it for my mental health. Even though I do my Zoom calls, I do have a place here in LA where I do meet with clients in person. If they happen to be local, I do in-person sessions, but I need that connection with people and I was explaining this to a new client that like, oh, so can you tell me about the retreat? I'm like, yeah, we do business strategy, but we also do Reiki, sound bowl healing, yoga and meditation. But the big thing is being around other like-minded humans and not necessarily for the goal setting, but knowing that you're not the only messed up one. You're not the only person going through these problems, yeah. knowing that other people are going through this too.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's good when you can get together with other business owners, entrepreneurs, talk about those challenges too. And that's why I love podcasting. Although I would love to be doing them in person, like we were just mentioning, but, you know, when we can talk about actually and become vulnerable and talk about the challenges, it's actually inspiring to others to keep pushing. Right. Um, But in person, if we can get together and talk about that, it just makes a difference. Right. It's that human connection.
2: Yeah, I mean, think about like when you were a teenager or when you're in your early 20s, you went through that horrible breakup. I mean, it was easier then. Like, you call your friend Mm -hmm. and then, you know, they would make fun of, like, let's get a tub of ice cream, talk, eat out our feelings. I mean, it was really comforting to know you were not the only one. And Mm -hmm. not saying that you're not unique, by the way. Yes, you are unique, but just know that, like, find the people that you trust that you could share with because I also know in the beginning when I first started I want to share with everyone and anyone about my amazing business that I'm creating and people shot me down people told me uh you're a woman of color no one's gonna pay you money for that (sighs) I mean and it's not that they were bullying me or intending to do that they just didn't see another pathway of success they just thought okay I'm gonna have this pathway of becoming a nurse or doctor engineer, like something really stable. And I'll do that. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, I am not bashing anyone that has a full-time job, which I hate that the coaching industry does a lot, like go be a business owner, but we also need those jobs to do other things in our life. But just remember, pick and choose who you trust to have these conversations with
1: yeah and honestly silence is sometimes the best thing you can do when you have these ideas you don't want people crushing them down on you and you getting discouraged I have been there where I'm like I have this amazing idea this is gonna be great and then just shot down right and I don't know if you I know this episode's almost done here but I wanted to just quickly ask if you could somehow relate that to identity crisis or anything like that um, in regards to business
2: yeah so I'll just share my story. I mean, I remember when I was doing my 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 funnel, which most of you are probably familiar with that Mm -hmm. word or client journey in terms of how I got clients. Was I would do a free event, people would then come join like a one day retreat, so they got a taste for me. So it was like a small paid amount, um, and then they joined my mastermind. That was it. That was like my churning funnel, and then I was that was probably three years into my business. And then I started questioning like, I don't think I like this funnel anymore. Not that I got bored, that wasn't it because boring could sometimes be good. It was just, I was just not aligned with it anymore. I don't think I wanna do it this way. I'm also burned out and I would do my vir- I would do my virtual events and in-person events on a Saturday as well. So mm-hmm. that also took out weekends. That was one weekend out of the month. And I know it was one day for an event, but the next day you're recovering. It burns out. It. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert, but if you're into human design, I'm a projector. So it's like, I was hung over the next day from a yeah. lot of energy and humans. So I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I want to share with people. I'm not just telling you, you should journal and reflect what's working or what's not working. So for those of you that need data, there's a Harvard business review article that shares, if you do 15 minutes of reflection a day, that will increase your happiness and productivity by 23 percent if you do 15 minutes of reflection so pause reflect ask yourself those hard questions am i happy is this working is this not working what is one tiny thing i could do so that's what i did the tiny thing i did was let me stop doing it monthly make let me go by bi-monthly quarterly like i don't want to do this i think i'll do two. so that's how i tested it okay What am I going to do to supplement doing the free events? Because I do believe in giving back. Let me try a podcast. And I knew, as you know, since you're a podcast host, I knew it wasn't going to be a fast ROI for it. I mean, podcasting serves two things. One, give back. And two, in all transparency, helps me get clients. The right ones, not all of it. And so I didn't see a huge ROI probably in the first four months. But now what's happened is when I get on calls with clients, I actually refer them to the specific episodes based on their challenges and goals. And they just binge listen. And like, and by the time they get on a call with me, they, they know, trust know me. Like you. Yeah. They yeah. already know me. They know all and the they're stories. Like, I'm ready to work with you now
1: because I just finished binge watching all your episodes and yeah, let's work together. I love when I hear that. That's the best. I love it. Yeah.
2: I mean, the call is just more of like, you know, just confirming that you're not fake and that you're real.
1: Right. And kind of just of feel it out to see if it's a fit. Right. And if it yeah. is, I'll
2: come back. Yeah. And energy wise, I love podcasting and also my reach is longer because I was just finding myself just churning, like, Oh my God, I need to be on social media all the time. I need to be posting about my event oh, and sharing with people no. where I need to go. It was just so much energy. And I have an independent business that is not social media focused. Right. my, yeah, I'm focused on long form content from my emails to podcasting, to my blogs. Um, and my Google SEO is amazing. Like if you look up number, like if you look up business coach for women of color or business coach, WOC, um, WOC business coach, I'm number one organically. Yep.
1: <sighs> and it's incredible. And also with podcasting, the evergreen content that you have then, like, it's just amazing. Right. And you're not, and you
2: own your content. You literally. own it. Mm-hmm.
1: Every, I think every entrepreneur needs a podcast. That's what I personally (laughs) think. But Elaine, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to add such value for myself and my listeners. Now, I just want to give you the next minute here to go ahead and let everybody know the best way to connect with you. And if anything's coming up that you might want to share with us, if you hadn't already, now is your time.
2: Thank you. Well, if you loved what I was sharing here, you could check out my podcast, Color Your Dreams. Um, But color spelled like... American English. So it's C-O-L-O-R. You can look at that up at Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to. And then if you want more business tips, join my newsletter that I send out bi-weekly, and that's ElaineLu.com forward slash join. That's E-L-A-I-N-E-L-O-U forward slash J-O-I-N. So thank you. Thank you so much, Elaine. And group, if you're listening
1: and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Elaine did today to talk about your journey, talk about what's working, even some of the challenges. Like I want everyone who comes on to open up and be vulnerable about something because we don't know who else is going through it. And if we can spread that awareness, that's what I would like to help other people be inspired to keep moving and pushing forward during this roller coaster ride as an entrepreneur so thanks everyone and if you want to apply to come on please go to top100interview.com thanks elaine catch you on the next one
0: hey everyone i hope you really enjoyed that episode as always if you want to listen to more daily interview content make sure you subscribe and here's three ways i can help you in your business for free